Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Before we get into scripture, before we get into things that we're going to talk about tonight, let's open with prayer. God, we come before you now to open up our hearts and our ears to your Holy Spirit. Without you, God, these are just words. Without your spirit, these are just words on paper. And what I love, Father, is that you bring context, you bring insight, you change hearts and minds through the power of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling within us. Lord, would you fall fresh here tonight? Will you fall fresh here, God, and open up our ears? God, our hearts are open to you now. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus talked in parables to his disciples, and he spent the majority of his time on earth in his ministry telling the disciples about the kingdom of God. What does that look like? What is that, what is that, how does that impact us, the kingdom that's in heaven? How does it impact us here today? What's tough is that the disciples had a really hard time grasping the concept. And in fact, the disciples thought that Jesus was going to come, the Messiah was going to come, and that the Messiah was going to essentially take Israel out of captivity or out of the the lower places that that they were positioned in society, that he was going to restore the nation of Israel back into a world-ruling power. That was what their hope was. Jesus was trying to get something even more subtle across to them. And they had a hard time understanding that it doesn't come by force. And we see that in multiple times where they tried, they were fighting over power and position. You see the disciples, they were fighting over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They struggled to understand what the kingdom of God was all about, that the kingdom of God was in their midst. They even tried to defend the prince of peace and the king of kings with a physical sword. And Jesus is like, guys, what are you doing? He He says, how much longer am I gonna have to put up with you? How much longer am I going to have to put up with you? He actually chastises the disciples and the Pharisees in one word or one phrase when he says, oh, this faithless generation. It was a religious generation. It was a, they, they didn't have the greatest, con- they didn't have the concept, but that's what Jesus came to do. Open up our minds to what the kingdom of God was all about. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to dive into what Jesus says in the parable of the vineyard. If you could take your Bibles open, open them up to uh, Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16. It's not going to be on the screens, but it's going to, I'm I'm going to read it, and we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit. I love how God, Jesus, says the kingdom of God is like this. 
And then he goes off into this amazing story. Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16, it says this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going about on the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And then he says to them, Who, uh, you, go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. Sounds like a, okay, fair transaction. And so they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, when he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, go into the vineyard too. And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last, up to the first. And when, uh, when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. You could hear the tone in their voice. They were upset. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you, be, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. What do you think about this story? How does it make you feel inside? Loves us all. How does that make you feel? All right, I'll be transparent. I was mad. <laughs> I was angry. When I read this, and I've read this so many times before in the past, and every time I read this, I'm like, okay, yeah, God can do whatever he wants with what his, his own stuff is. No problem, it's his. But I was angry. It was kind of like my inner five-year-old just came out, right? Does everybody else in this room have an inner five-year-old? Okay, my dad's shaking his head no. I mean, like, I have an inner five-year-old, and it just came out. And I was like, Why? Why did that bother me so much? It's not fair. It's not fair. Why do you think that we have a hard time with that? If you have a hard time with it, apparently some people are super spiritual here. <laughs> no, it's good. 
But, but think about it. You, you, you working next to somebody, and they're a total slacker, and at, the, at Christmas bonus time, they're sitting receiving the gifts all around from their boss, and they, every one of you guys get the same bonus. But the slacker over here is not pulling his weight, and you know it. And you're like, what the heck? Why? It's not fair. I think we have a problem with this, or I will speak for myself here, and, and maybe you guys can identify with this. I think the issue is that we've been raised to honor fairness in our society. Our free economy works this way. We, we strive for fairness and mutual benefit for each other. That's what we hope the whole economy system, the economic system will work. I know, too, that, I mean, when we think about God, we think, well, God needs to be fair. Because we've heard over and over and over, life's not fair, bud. I don't know about you, I've heard that a bunch. Life's not fair. So when we think about God and being a father, he's like, oh, no, he's all, he's fair. But I want to share something with you guys. God is not fair, but he is good. This is, the, this is the, the key point I want you to take home with you. God is not fair, but he is good. And praise God for the fact that he's not fair, because I don't know about you, but I don't think it would pan well for me if God was fair. And so as I'm going through all these reasons for why I struggled with this, I came up with more reasons why I struggled with the parable. First of all, we have a difficulty with a king because we elect our leaders, right? If you don't like your boss, you can quit and go to another boss. We're not forced to stick with that boss. We just change jobs. So in this society, we have a lot of choice and we have a lot of freedom and we're, we're, we're a republic, We're Yankees. That's right. <laughs> Live free or die. Don't tread on me. There's a little bit of Yankee in all of us, right? Yes, totally agree. Sox Nation. Yeah. But we also have pride. Every one of us in this room can testify to that. We have pride. Maybe our eyes are just too focused on ourselves. We're too inward. And we want what's coming to us. We worked for it. It's mine. And we think that's the case in heaven as well. But God is not fair. He is good. I want to go back into the scripture real quick and just share with you a couple things. Why the master rose early. Why did Jesus take a moment there to talk about that? That he rose early in the morning to go out and find the laborers. Well, I believe that he rose early because he cares about the work that needs to be done. He cares about his vineyard. He cares about his, his property, the things that... And, and there's joy attached to that. I want you to put yourself in the position of the laborers, however. Where do you fit in with the laborers? 
Let me explain something. Why did he go out five times to find laborers? You would think of the first time if he was smart, he would have picked the best, the strongest, the most reliable, the quickest, the strongest. I think I said that already. But the thing is that he went and he found the people to get the job done in the morning. Why did he go out out four more times? Right. Because it doesn't matter what your skill level is. He gave plenty of opportunity for all who were there apart in the care of the field. Look around, you guys. All of us have ministry in us. All of us were called to the field. You say, well, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a preacher. That's totally beside the point. That's just giftings. Each and every one of us puts our hands to the plow because God has called us to labor in his field. And he gives, he gives the opportunity to, to the strongest and who you think might be the weakest. See, in God's eyes, there is no difference because it is not man's flesh that, that, that bears a crop in the kingdom of heaven. It's not your ability that brings a crop in the spiritual heavens. It is his work. It's what he does. But where is your heart? Because I want you to see in verses 13 through 16. Verse 13 through 16, you see that the the man who was hired on first honestly struggled with with the master's decision. At the very end, the master puts him in his place and he said, well, number one, I'm generous. Number two, I'm right. Number three, this is my field. And I've I've joined, you've joined with me in the process of, of tending to it. And I added more people to the party and I want everybody to enjoy. I want everybody to have joy in the vineyard. Verses 13 through 16. This is the big issue. God was making it clear that the first man was not last in position, but in heart attitude. The first man was the last, not the first. His heart attitude was dead last. It was not a good place to be in his heart. Now, on the other hand, look at The last man, the last man, he worked one hour and received an entire day's wages. This guy was sitting, waiting for someone to pick him up to do the work. He was waiting to get into a situation where he could provide for his family. Not only did he provide for his family, he provided well because of the generosity of the master. Can you imagine that? He's the luckiest guy in the world. (laughs) think about that what grace what grace so I want to just share with you a personal story because where, where this brings me to is that it's heart attitude 
is that we're going after. Well, we have to have the right perspective of how we view God, our master. God is not fair. He is good. Personal struggle. When I, I've been on staff for 13, well, I'm sorry, 12 years. This is my 12th year here. Been with the church for 13 years. I've been doing ministry a lot longer than that. Both, you know, as a volunteer and in, in different churches through, throughout my life since I was like 12. But I struggled. I was the older, I was not the, the older, I was the first man in the picture with the wrong heart attitude. Because I would see these young guys popping into ministry be so successful doing such amazing work for God. Their ministry is growing and flourishing, but I've had my hands to the plow for a long time. And I just never saw the fruit like they see the fruit. You know, the yield. And so my heart was embittered. And I was that guy. I was like, come on, that's just not fair. What's wrong with me? Sure, I'm the strongest and the best looking. No, just totally kidding. (laughs) Thank you for the laughter. Brings me comfort. But the reality is that my heart was in a wrong place. How I got here, though, to the place where I have extreme joy, extreme joy for where God has me right now. Because a lot of friends of mine in ministry said, like, why are you here? Why are you back in the back booth doing video production. Why are you doing this? I said, God, to these people, because I'm being obedient to God. Because this is the plowing that I'm supposed to do right now. But I had extreme joy because I'm going to plug it, celebrate recovery. Not going to lie, it's pretty amazing. I actually went through the process of going through the first set of books in a 12-step study, and here I am, I'm, you know, a pastor on staff, and, you're, and you would think, okay, this guy's got his stuff all figured out. I mean, he's, you know, no. I, I was shocked at just how much stuff was being uncovered, and I'm here I am, like, questioning God. I'm mad at God. I'm like, I'm realizing that there's stuff that I have to get through, and then he dropped this on me, and he's like, Jorgen, where's your heart attitude? See, I'm not fair, but I'm good. I'm not chasing after the next greener pasture. I'm chasing after Jesus. And that's what each and every one of us in this room ought to be doing. Here's a little fun tidbit. I know we're getting a little late here, but here's the deal. Jesus even speaks about himself in this, in this uh, parable because who's the foreman? So you have a master and then you have a foreman. What does the foreman do? He's actually the one stewarding. He's caring for the grounds. He's actually interacting with the people laboring. It's Jesus. In fact, the, 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 the uh, Greek name for foreman is, can also be translated as guardian or tutor, put in charge of children. Right? He's teaching us. Even in that moment, he was sharing some truth about his relationship. And if you want to know the master's heart, you better get to know the foreman. Right? You got to have a tight relationship with Jesus. 
to know the master's heart. So what this comes down to is how should our hearts change? What is our actual step in moving from today? And really what we ought to be doing is we should be celebrating that there are more people in the field working. Amen? We should be celebrating when we see successes. It breaks my heart when I see other leaders that cannot celebrate the success of other spiritual leaders in this house. Not in this house, but I'm just saying in the, in, in the family of God, his house. Why? Maybe because our, our eyes are more focused on ourselves instead of focused on Jesus and pleasing the master. The other thing, too, is we ought to be praying for more laborers. God, go find those guys that are hanging out at the marketplace, still waiting. God, would you please, would you open up this, these doors for more laborers to come into the field? Guys, every single one of us here has a role to play in the kingdom of God, working in his field. This is the field right here, guys. New Hampshire, Pembroke, Concord, Manchester. Name your town. You're called to that field. Amen. Go after it. That's what I wanted to share with you today. Would you guys stand with me today? We need to pray and ask God to change our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we can't see it without your Holy Spirit. Our hearts cannot change without your Holy Spirit. And I want to say personally thank you for totally gripping me, <laughs> for, for laying my heart bare before you, getting all that stuff out. I believe that some people here right now just need a moment to pray this prayer. <laughs> Father God, I pray that you would just open my heart that you would open my mind and that you would allow me to see your kingdom as you see the kingdom, as it is on earth, God, as it is in heaven. That we would bow our knee. Jesus, that I would bow my heart before you and not compare myself or my ministry or my thing, whatever it is, someone else Jesus we need your fresh pouring out of your spirit that you would wash away any wrong feelings that we've had towards you thank you Lord we need you here now Lord I don't want to go any further until I am fully changed by your power. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, I pray, Jesus, for this congregation here tonight. I thank you for each person who is here and, and the reason why you brought them here to hear this message. I pray that our hearts would not just take it in and go home but Father God that you would begin a new work in every heart here that we would take the position 
of the, the last, the least. And say, thank you, almighty God. Thank you, almighty God, for giving me an opportunity to partner with you in your field. Thank you for opening up the heavens, for making you, almighty God, the master accessible through your foreman, Jesus Christ. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, we will serve you with joy and happiness, uninhibited by personal ambition. Father God, but that we would strive after you with fullness of joy and a carefree heart because you are not fair. You are good. Thank you, Almighty God. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 